Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Alana. I'm part of the staff team here, and with me is Tazia. Um, she's part of our Young Adults core team. We are going to do the three-ish things for you this morning. These are the three things that we think are important for you to know this week in our church body. So I'll start with number one. I'll let you do number two. Sound like a plan? We're going to go uh, by age this morning. We're going to start up here and work our way down. You can take that for whatever that means to you. Um, this coming Wednesday. For the age 55 and up, we have our Abundant Joy Club. They are meeting once a month on a Wednesday afternoon here at the church in the chapel. Now, I had somebody ask me this morning, they said, I'm not quite, I don't quite meet that age. Can I still come? And I say, yes. Um, if you are free on Wednesday and you're looking for connection and community, please come. There will be worshiping together um, this month. Pierre and Joyce LaRue will be there sharing about their ministry. Um, that will be just be a great time of fellowship. So that's in the chapel Wednesday afternoon at 1.30 to 3. If you need a ride, let us know at the church office, and we will get you connected there. Tazia, what do you have? I didn't practice this, so okay. see how it goes. I'm Tazia, like Alana said, and I'm part of the team that leads the young adults ministry here at New Life. Um, we meet Mondays, so we're meeting tomorrow from 6.15 to 8.30. We will have food. We will have dinner. It's Sloppy Joe's tomorrow. I know it's a gross-sounding name, but it's delicious. Don't know who named it. Um, so yeah, 6.15 to 8.30 Mondays. It's not every Monday, but you can check on the church website. If you want to be added to the group, you can email youngadults at newlifechurch.ca and you'll be added to the Young Adults group on the Church Center app. I know that sounds a little confusing. If it's confusing, come find me after the service. We'd love to have you if you are a young adult and join us for some food and fellowship and gathering on Monday nights. That's great. Thank you. And then number three, as we work our way down, um, now this actually, this has to do with youth, but if you are in my age category and you're saying, what about us? This includes you as well. Um, as you know, we are taking a group of youth to a cool Guatemala in March. They are going on a missions trip. There is, what do we have, Alicia? 11 students. She's not here. I want, I'm going to, 10 students. 10 students going, four leaders. Um, and they have some fundraising to do. So we are planning a New Life fundraiser carnival um, in a month's time. November 12th is a Saturday. Bring the family. Um, there's going to be a silent auction. There'll be carnival games. There will be food. Um, I'm trying to convince Alicia to do some kind of like throw whipping cream pies or something like that at Pastor Scott. I'm sure we'll figure something out. Or Isaac. A dunk tank, maybe? We can throw the pies at Isaac. Oh, Isaac would even. Yes, I like it. <laughs> Both of them. We'll get there. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, that's in a month. So please mark your calendars. Saturday, November 12th is from 4 to 6. Um, it's just going to be a really fun time to come out and support our youth group. They have about $10,000 to raise. Um, so they could really use your help. If you have something um, that you might be able to donate to the silent auction, please reach out to Isaac the intern or to Alicia. Um, and they would love to know about that as well. Um, and that is all we have for three-ish things. Okay. Thanks, Tazia. Thanks, Alana. Okay. I'm just going to move over now. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> do you want me to start? Yeah, you start. Yeah. So <laughs> we're um, going to do a staff, staff update. And it's funny because I was thinking this morning, I knew as soon as I said that, everybody would get really excited. And it's probably not the staff update that they're hoping no, for. No, no. Probably so, not. I know. But all is well. Um, we just have a couple of staff changes that we wanted to let you know about. 
Um, the first one is Jessie Cron, our director of Kids Zone in the House. Um, she is just feeling the call into a, a different direction now, and so she's resigned her position as director of Kids Zone in the House. Um, she's but, but but there's more. There's more. Exactly. She is not resigning her position on staff, which we're very excited about. <laughs> There's a little, little ball and chain we put on so she can't leave. That's right. I, it's in the fine print. <laughs> um, no, but as she's been in, in this role for three years now, and, um, and we've been very, very grateful to have her doing that, loving on our kids. Um, but the time has come. God is moving her in a different direction. We're excited about that. We think it is well within her, her giftings as well. So she is staying on as part of our In For and With initiative. Um, what that means for us is we have a, a job opening. And so you'll see a posting coming out in just a few weeks uh, for the director of Kids Zone in the House. If you know somebody or if you are somebody that you are super passionate about kids and helping them get to know God and connect in that way, please come and talk to me. But we'll have that posting out and we will talk more about that again. Good. Did you say how long she's... Oh, I didn't. Thank you. Um, Jessie is staying in the role until December 31st. So end of the year is when she'll uh, move out of Kids Zone, um, staying on in other capacities, but yeah, we've got a few months to fill that up. Good, thanks. Okay. Um, the other has to do with uh, another staff member, and I want to preface it by this, is that what we believe is very important as a, a church community is that we find ourselves as healthy as we can be uh, spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally, in all aspects of our life. And, um, and so I, I was sitting with, uh, with Andrew, our, our worship director, um, and as we were talking and he's uh, expressing where he is physically, uh, he said, you know, I, if, I could, if I could have a, have a make a choice, make a decision, I would, I would want to go on medical leave. And I said, let's do it. And, um, and so we're in the process of making that happen for, for Andrew. Um, Andrew has a medical condition that I can't pronounce. Um, I'll put it up to being dyslexic. Sarcoidosis. There we go. Um, and he has, he has struggled with this for a long time. When we brought him on staff, he was very honest about it, and he told us about it. And, um, and so it's been a joy to be able to work with him in that. And now we find ourselves in a place where we can continue to journey with them as a family and with him. And so for Andrew, um, this will be his last Sunday leading, and then he's got one more, uh, two more weeks, and then he'll be taking a 17-week uh, medical leave, and I'll take him into February. So we wanted to let you know, we want you to pray for them. They're not going to go anywhere. Um, we're going to see them here, and uh, we get to love on them and uh, support them along the way. And part of being able to do that even today is I want to bring Andrew up, and I want to pray for him, and, uh, and I want to invite anybody else that wants to join, uh, join me on stage to pray uh, to do so. So Andrew, please uh, come. And uh, Lisa, would you feel comfortable coming too? I won't bring the whole family up because we didn't talk about that. But if you wanted to, you all could come. Great. I love it. <clears throat> yeah, anybody, you're welcome to come and uh, just join on stage. So will you join me? If you'd like to put your hand out towards, uh, towards us, you're welcome to do that uh, as well. 
Lord Jesus, we thank you that you know us inside and out. And Father, as we journey on this earth, there are times that we are able to express great joy and just in, in be in that happiness of being in your presence and doing your will. And Lord, sometimes expressing joy is difficult. It is hard. And uh, I pray for Andrew and for the family. Lord, it's a privilege for us as a church to walk with them during this time. And I pray, Lord, that in these weeks that Andrew has, uh, that he will find rest in you as he seeks answers uh, to better health, where he could gain more knowledge and understanding. Lord, I pray that would come together for him. Lord, I pray for the whole family as they walk together, that they will know that they are loved. They are loved by you. And God, you have a plan and a direction for them. Father, um, I pray too that for, for Andrew, there would be no, no guilt. Lord, there would not be any feeling the lack of or less than. Because Lord, those are not words that you speak. But for him, he will hear the fullness that you have for him. The abundance that you have for him. And that he will rest in that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, on that note, <laughs> if you saw this morning, we had a new drummer in the cage. Where, where is he now? Chris, where are you? There you are back there, Chris. So Chris, uh, I know it's hard in that cage to actually see, but Chris is a new drummer, and we appreciate that. I think you might see a couple more new faces uh, coming up. Is that right, Andrew? Um, but we uh, will, as you know, with Andrew not being here, there is a gap. Um, that we are looking to see filled. And so if that is you, and you've been sitting there going, you know, I do have some musical talent um, and ability, and I know that God has been kind of pointing and pricking me, then please come and talk to us. Uh, Andrew's going to be here for a couple more weeks. You're welcome to talk to him. It'd be very good if you did. Um, but we do have some holes to fill there. And we, want, we appreciate those that have been up here and... Um, uh, and especially Megan, who she's taken on a couple, uh, couple Sundays each month, but we don't want to burden her either. So uh, please pray about that. We appreciate that. I got a couple more housekeeping things to talk about this morning as well uh, that I want to draw our attention to. Um, and so the next thing is there's our book table. Uh, this week is our last week that we're going to have our books there. So the books that are out there are, are on spiritual formation, and we're doing a book club with three of them. And uh, Phil Wambua, I know Phil's here. Phil, back here, there he is. Uh, Phil Wambua, he's doing, uh, what, I forget. The Gift of Being Yourself. The gift of being yourself. So I've... Uh, 
I've, I've listened to that book. I'm now going through that book with my son. So uh, I couldn't do his book club. I'm doing Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Um, it's on Zoom. His is on Tuesday. Mine is on Thursday. Alana is doing the Emotional Healthy Discipleship. And that's going to be actually in person on Wednesdays here at the church. So if that's something that you are interested in, maybe you got the book because I know we sold several of them, or you'd like to get the book, then please uh, sign up for any of those. If you did not, sign up and you would like to be part of the book club, you can still do so this week. If you signed up but you didn't attend, please come anyway because you haven't, it's not too late. And then the last thing I would say is that if you are looking at the books and you're going, man, I would really like one of those books, but I can't afford it. Don't let that stop you. Talk to Alana or myself and we'd be happy to make sure that you get a book in your hand. I feel they're very important. So smooth. Um, I want to talk about us as a family for a moment. And, um, and I want to just bring up a, a fact that we've had a couple of notes that have been left um, recently without anybody putting their name to it. And when that happens, um, it's, it's hard to know how to respond to a note like that. We don't know who wrote it. And with it, we know that there is something that they're bothered by, but it doesn't give us a chance to have a conversation. And so we want to say that if there is something that you are struggling with, uh, that we're doing as a church, we want to invite you to have a conversation. If you are struggling with uh, someone, um, their character, uh, we would invite you to have a conversation. Um, we have a group of elders in a couple of weeks. We will present them all because we have a couple new ones. But if you are an elder here today, will you please stand? If you're an elder, please stand. Okay, so uh, we've got Byron here and Adam and Shireen and, and Ralph, thank you. And uh, Tracy and we have Bob and we have, yeah, Shannon. I don't know why blank just happened, but did. Thank you. You can sit down. You can talk to any of them. They're actually very kind and friendly people. Um, and uh, you can talk to myself or Alana or any of their staff. Why am I saying this? Because, because to be a healthy family, we need good conversation. And good conversation happens when we're honest with each other and open. And we can't grow and move forward if we're not um, being open about it. So please, we invite. It may feel uncomfortable. I know it is. I know I don't like controversy, but I also know that avoiding controversy doesn't help me or anyone else. And it certainly doesn't help us as a church family. So if you have anything, we invite you to come and have a discussion, a conversation. We welcome it. Um, and our, our, our goal and our job is to listen and then to do the best we can with what you have to share. Does it sound good? Okay. See, that's what you get to do when you're an intern pastor, is you get to talk about the, the hard stuff sometimes. <laughs> Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Uh, you know, God, we've prayed quite a bit today, and it's good. I'm glad, because it really shows that we can come to you. We can be in your presence, because you invite us to. We can learn and grow. God, that you are our God. 
And as we move into this part of the message, I pray, Father, that you would take words that I feel you've given me and help them to be translated into the ears that hear in a way that is going to be encouraging and life transforming. Not for my sake, Lord, but for yours. Amen. Well, I want to start off uh, here, and I'm going to read. I don't usually do this, um, so bear with me. But I wrote some things down, and I want to start off by reading them to you and see if it relates to you at all. My eyes open. It's morning time. It feels like morning has come way too soon. I want my alarm clock to stop chirping at me. I want to roll over and sleep just a little bit longer. I try. I hit the off button. I roll over. My mind begins to think, this is always bad. I know what it means. I'm not going to go back to sleep. So I lay there for a few more moments, I thinking about my day, all that I need to get accomplished. And I wonder, how am I going to get it done? I feel guilty for what I'm behind on, the emails, the phone calls, the visits that I know I need to make happen. I begin to plan how I'm going to tackle the unaccomplished items on my to-do list. I wonder how I might add just a little more time to my day, wishing somehow I could split myself into two. Wishful thinking, I know. Not even rational thinking, but that's where it goes. But what happens is I feel the weight of the responsibility that mounts. My mind thinks and categorizes my day. I feel hurry, the rush of what I need to get done. And my instinct is to jump out of bed and begin to rush around so that I can get to the office and get started on my day. Adam Walters writes, to walk with Jesus is to walk a slow, unhurried pace. I think, is that possible? Can I even do that? And then he says, hurry is the death of prayer and only impedes and spoils our work. It never advances it. Pete Cazero, in the book Emotionally Healthy Discipleship, which we're doing, recommend you should do the book club with Alana. He says this, the need of our hour is for a slowed down spirituality. The temptation is to jump, to rush, and to hurry my morning. It is so real as I lie there. But I have been here before. In many ways, I know that these thoughts are just fool's gold. It's a way of life that doesn't bring life. I know if I respond with these emotions to get up, to rush, to hurry, I will compromise the very thing I need, Jesus. So I take a few moments, I lay back in my bed, taking a few deep breaths, remembering that God actually woke me up because he has something for me to do today. He wouldn't have woke me up otherwise. I remember that I can't control my life. I can't even seek to control my life. So I surrender my day and I deliberately move slowly out of bed. Here is where I realign my thought process and know that the most important part of my day is making a cup of coffee. No. The most crucial part of my day is spending time 
sitting at the feet of Jesus, my master, for whom I am his student. I don't know if any of this resonates for you. I know you who sit here today, you're retired. And for those that aren't, you can go, yeah, I can relate. But those that are retired, you, you know, you, we may think that, no, you don't have those issues. You never rush. You never hurry. I mean, life is always slow, isn't it? I know that's not true because I've talked to many of you. And sometimes you're busier than ever once you retired. Some of you have slowed down so much, though, as being retired, that your pace is impeding even your time with God. Ah, but what about you who are students today? You're waking up, and I can tell you your thoughts is not about work. It's about your friend group, isn't it? Or perhaps it's about that special someone that you're wondering if they like you. Or that you can't figure out why that special someone didn't text you back last night and you fear that, well, is that relationship ending? And if so, it's hurting you. So the question, the question that I have for us today is this. Is how do we sit at the feet of Jesus? How do we In the midst of living in 2022, how do we know the presence of God in our lives? I mean, you think back in the time when Jesus was around, they walked around wherever they went. Somebody has actually written a book called The Three Mile an Hour. um, What is it? What is it, Raina? Yeah, Three Mile an Hour God. Um, because he walked everywhere three miles an hour. I mean, that's not very fast, is it? I mean, if we, have to, if we have to drive our cars three miles an hour, we might as well just get out and walk. Exactly. <laughs> and we are in such a hurry. So how do we, in 2022, in the culture we live in, when Jesus didn't have any internet, they certainly didn't have smartphones, the question is, were they ever distracted? Were those disciples that followed him around, were they ever distracted? You know what my answer is? Of course they were. Why? Because they were just like you and I. Because just like you and I, they struggled with self, the flesh. And that's distracting enough in our lives. So this morning, I want to take us on a journey of what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus. So if you got your Bibles, or grab your phones, um... I think I actually have some of this up here. Here we go. We're going to start kind of at the end this morning. Uh, I want to start with Matthew 28, 19 and 20. So if you have your Bibles, if you want to look up here because you want it to make sense and not be different, um, here we go. We read that Jesus is telling his disciples, things are coming to an end. He is going away and... um, And so he says to his disciples, go into all the world and save the world. Nope. It's not what he says. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. 
I, I need to say this, that a couple weeks ago, I put a quote up here that, by Dallas Willard, and he said that what we've done in North America is we spent a lot of time really seeking to get people into heaven when we should be really seeking to get heaven into people. And I've just read a verse, not the way it was written, that says, go into all the world and save the world. I want to make something very clear to you. That probably one of the greatest privileges I've, I ever have as a pastor or as a disciple of Jesus is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with people and seeing people come to know Jesus. It is, it is exciting. It is exhilarating. It is, there's nothing like it when somebody gets it and they want to follow Jesus. It is so wonderful being part of that. But equally, equally, and perhaps I would say more important is the disciples that we need to make. Because when we are disciples of Jesus, we do go into all the world and we will preach the gospel because that's what a disciple does. It tells people about Jesus because that's who Jesus is. He's everything in their life. So what is he saying in these verses? He's saying, go and reproduce what I have produced in you. That's what a disciple is. A disciple is one who is following Jesus, who knows Jesus, who's practicing being in the presence of Jesus, who will go and reproduce what Jesus has done in them. It's a game changer. It changes our world. We need to see, we need to reproduce disciples in our families. Our children need to be good disciple followers of Jesus. They need to be good followers of Jesus. We need to be reproducing that. Our neighborhoods need to, need to be disciples of Christ. Our workplaces, we need to go and see that I am a disciple of Jesus in my workplace. You know, I look back on my time with my children, and, and I think maybe, maybe some of you aren't here who have had raised your children, but I look back and I go, man, if I was as smart now as I if I was as smart back then as I am now, I would do things differently and I could live in regret. But you know, here's the joy is, is every Wednesday now, every Wednesday, my son, who is 27 years old, him and I are connecting for about 30, 30 minutes to 45 minutes on the phone together talking about spiritual formation. We're doing the book together. He goes, yeah, dad. I mean, I get this joy of being able to do that. I am still discipling my children. And guess what? At that age, they're discipling me. I mean, some of the things he tells me, just a minute, I got to write that down. Like, that's good. Like, how come I didn't think about that? Like, you are way farther ahead of me than I, ahead of me than, than I am now. Anyways, that didn't come out good, did it? <laughs> we go and make disciples when we're good disciples. And I think the sad part is, is that in church today, and I will include us here, is that we're not good disciple makers. We actually have a hard time addressing issues in our lives and being honest about issues in our lives. We have a hard time coming alongside somebody and walking with them it's easy to stand off at a distance and judge somebody for what they're doing or not doing, but to come alongside and walk with them. That's what Jesus did with his disciples. I mean, look at Peter. Just look at Peter for a moment. What did Peter do? Peter said, I don't believe in Jesus. 
And what did Jesus do? Peter denies him three times. What did Jesus do? He put, I I believe when he was standing there with, with Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me? I don't think it was like, Peter, do you love me? I think it was, Peter, do you love me? Like he was right there. And I think that we as a church need to rise up. And understand what it means to teach about obeying all that Jesus has said. Obey. Obeying is not a bad word. It's a good word. It's a process word. It brings us to a place of relationship with Jesus and being in his presence. It's beautiful. That's why Jesus said it. Teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. Because what did he command in its essence? And it's down here in the foundation. Love God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your mind. And love people as you know my love. That's right here. So what does it look like? What does it look like? I think last week, Alicia did a great job. I really appreciated um, how she was teaching us. and, And she just... And she said so well, it's about being with Jesus. It's about being with him. She went on to say about the teaching about Martha was that Martha wasn't wrong in doing. She was just mixed up. She put the doing before the being. And I am there. I started off this morning with the whole thing of what I need to do. I got to do this. I got to do that. And I need to be realigned that it's not about doing. It's about being. I will never be able to do what I need to do unless I am willing to be with the one I need to be with. Get that? And I think that I'll twist it around thinking that if I do enough, it'll help me to be with him better. You know, we were created to do. I'm convinced of that. Look at what Jesus, look at what God did with Adam. He put him in the garden. He created all these animals. And then what did he say to Adam? Go do and name these animals. Adam and I are going to have a little talk about some of the animals that he named. Because I wouldn't have named them that. Right? Butterfly? Come on. Like. That's why they've got all these other anthropological whatever names that you can't even pronounce. And if we're dyslexic, it's like, come on. So probably should stick with butterfly, right? I mean, Jesus, when he was here, he did a lot of doing, did he not? I mean, he healed. He was teaching. He was leading. He was feeding. He did a lot of doing. But as we will see that Jesus was being with the Father before he was doing. So the bottom line is discipleship is being with Jesus. It's it's apprenticing. It means to be with him, to walk with him. So Jesus invites us. And and so here I want to look at John. So if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 1. And we're going to kind of try to move through this. I'm not going to say a whole lot. Try to move through this a a bit quick, but uh, John chapter 1, starting in verse 35. This is the beginning where Jesus is calling his disciples. He says, the next day, John, that's John the Baptist, was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked 
he looked at Jesus as he walked by and he said, behold, the Lamb of God. Verse 37. Two of his disciples heard him say this and they followed him. Followed Jesus. Like, seriously? You know, that's like another pastor coming here and I'm going, oh yeah, that's Pastor Mike there. And you all get up and go follow him. <laughs> Poor John. I think he was all right though. Jesus turned and he saw them following me. He says, what are you seeking? Is that not a good question? Sit with that one. Get up in the morning and just sit with that one with Jesus. Like, okay, I'm here, Jesus, to follow. And he says, what are you seeking? And then say, yeah, what am I seeking? They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. And so they came and they saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. And then go down to uh, verse 43 there and uh, we'll read here. It says, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee and he found Philip and he said to him, come follow me. Now Philip was, a Bethsaida, was from Bethsaida the city of Andrew and Peter, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said, can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said, come and see. There's this invitation that is there of coming and seeing, coming. And what, what, is he, what does he mean? I like what John Mark Comer has to say about this. He says, in today's language, it would be, come, hang out with me. See for yourself. All of the, all the rumors are true. See all I have, uh, have to, on offer. And put it this way, come and be with me. That's what that is saying. Come and be with me. Hang out with me. Hang out with me. And you know, it's an invitation that is still open to you. I am pointing at you. I'm told I'm never supposed to point at you. But it is. It's an offer to you. It's an offer to me today. It does not matter if you sit here and that you are, you know, going, I can't even understand what that guy is saying. Or if you're sitting here and you're a youth or you're sitting here as a retired person or a working person, the invitation is there. And that's why we have the invitation to a journey. It's a journey. How do we accomplish it? Let's flip forward now into, math, into John, because I want to stay in John. And so John 14. <clears throat> so how do we accomplish this? How do we accomplish today in 2022, when Jesus isn't here, how do we accomplish being in his presence, being with him? So we start in verse 16. And he says, and I, uh, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him, for, you, for he dwells with you and will be with you. Just look at that wording again where it says in there that I will, see, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you for." Ever. And if we go back to Matthew, remember what Jesus said? I will be with you forever. How can he be with us? This is it right here, the Holy Spirit. 
Now, this word helper there, I've put up there, helper or advocate, it's kind of a hard word to totally uh, bring into, to translate. And so it could mean another like me or another one of me, or I will give you another one of me. It's Jesus, the Holy Spirit is representing, is, 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 is helps us to be at the feet of Jesus because he is with us. And then moving on to a little bit further in these verses, 25 to 27, these things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the helper, again, the advocate of the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring your remembrances of all that I have said to you. Peace I give to you and peace I will, uh, peace I, peace I leave with you and my peace I give to you. So with this, this primary goal of being with Jesus is to learn to live in the constant state of awareness of a connection of the Holy Spirit. For us to be with him, it's in that constant state of awareness of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the fun part. How? How do we get there? I know we're going through a lot of scripture, but what I want you to see is that, is that in 14, 14 goes into 15 for a reason, for a purpose. And so here we have, and I'll try to slow down a little bit. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. That it, that it may bear more fruit. <sighs> Don't you want to bear fruit? I do. I so desire to bear fruit. Already you are clean because the world that I have spoken to you, so, so the word I've spoken to you, abide in me and I in you, and as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a, like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish and you, it will be done before you, for you. For this is my father, excuse me, for this is my father is glorified, by this my father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the father and I as a father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. What do you think is the primary message that he wants us to get here? What is it? Abide. Anybody know how many times it's used? 
A lot. I'll tell you, 10 times. 10 times. Abiding. Minnow. It means to stay in the Father's presence. Root yourself there. Center yourself in the presence of God. So how do we do that? I got a solution, okay? Um, And as an interim pastor, I can do this. We're all going to become monks. Right? I mean, doesn't that seem like this is the only way we're ever going to abide is that we all become monks? No, it's not that at all. I think it's really being able to take our minds and begin to switch and process and think about how we are living our lives. You know, it's eating Jesus and practicing in the presence of God. It's driving home from work and practicing the presence of God. It's sitting in a classroom with your friends and it's practicing the presence of God. It's picking up your kids from school and it's practicing the presence of being with the Father. It's having a cup of java with your friend in the coffee shop and it's practicing the presence of the Father. It's actually changing a dirty diaper and it's practicing the presence of the Father. In the hustle and the bustle of all that we have to do, we can practice being in the presence of the Father. Paul says this, pray without ceasing. Hey, can I just say something? I know Jesse's not here right now. Um, So I apologize for saying this about her. But come on, why can't we have verses like this to memorize? Right? This is three words. Like, come on, come on. And then there's the other one, like Jesus wept. I can do that one, right? I told her I was going to do that this morning. But what does it mean to pray without ceasing? It is practicing the presence of God. So, uh, here's the thing. Our, our highest call as followers of Jesus is not attending church once a week. Although that's important. And I'm glad you're here. But our highest call as believers is practicing being in the presence of God. Ken, I'll get this right, Shikamatsu, He's the pastor of 10th Avenue or 10th Church in Vancouver, wrote a book called God in My Everything. And I like that. God in My Everything. I want to have that as how I live my life. God in My Everything. Does your heart not ache for this? Do you not long that God is with you in everything you do? Young people, do you not ache that when you stand in front of that mirror, when you look in that mirror, do you not ache to be able to see yourself as God sees you? Not as your friends or you think your friends see you, not as social media, you think social media sees you, but don't you ache that when you stand in front of that mirror that you know that God is in your everything. In relationships, people, don't you ache in your relationships that you know that God is in your everything? In raising your kids, 
in your marriages, in your, in your workplace? Does your heart not ache for God to be in there? I hope it does. I hope it does. Because we are a broken world. But we don't have to live broken. We don't have to. Do you not ache that God is in those hidden places where there is no secrets? <laughs> so, what am I saying? <clears throat> Jesus has invited us on a journey. It's a journey to be with him. It's an invitation to come and hang out with him, to get to know me and to be like me. To do this, Jesus said, we need to root ourselves in him. So abiding is the key, abiding in Jesus through the Holy Spirit. We, can't, we can know the mind of God through the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God. It happens when we practice the presence of God. So how? Okay, so I've told you all this, how? What does that mean, how? Tell me how. Okay, We've been talking in our house that we are to create holy habits. You know, we have those bad habits, those unhealthy habits, but to create a holy habit. And so it happens as we direct and redirect our lives, as we direct and redirect our minds and our thought process. So that's holy habits. That's the effort that we do. So we know we have bad habits, right? And we can talk about habits like drinking too much or overeating or gossiping. But what about the bad habit of waking up in the morning and what do you do the first thing you do? Whoa, who texted me? What's on Facebook? Or sorry, what's on Instagram, TikTok? Okay, did my friend text me? Did that person that I like text me? The first thing we do is we grab the phone. And you know what? I'm... Listen, I've had to put my phone down and away, make a commitment that I'm going to have a holy habit, that I'm not going to pick up my phone to look at it until I have first sat for my 10 minutes in the presence of God in silence. And the first time I look at it is to look at the verse of the day. And I dwell on that, and I open up my Bible, and then I go. So it's not that I can't look at it, it's when I look at it. It's a holy habit. It's good. It's transforming my mind. I actually don't feel so much in a rush. Bad habits might be spending too much time in what? Prepping ourselves in the morning, watching our favorite TV shows, working out too much. And you know, working out is not bad. Prepping in the morning is not bad. Watching your favorite show is not bad. But is it getting in the way of what I am doing in, the, in my presence of the Lord? Creating holy habits. And you know the unhealthy habits you have. And that has to be you and God who would look at that and go through that and seek that. And that's only going to happen when you actually slow down. All right, I'm going to wrap things up. So here we are. Remember, spiritual transformation is a process of being formed in the image of, of Christ for the sake of others. 
And remember that spiritual formation or transformation is not something that we do ourselves or for ourselves, but it's something that God, that we allow God to do in us and for us as we yield ourselves to the work of God's transforming grace. So that's where we have to practice being in his presence, inviting him in. This week, this week I've had to sit with him with emotions and thoughts that have been very hard and very difficult, wondering about myself, wondering how can I do this? How can I process this? And I know that I have unhealthy ways of doing it. I know I have lies from back here when I was a kid going to school in elementary and I went to the special class. There was nothing special about it because everybody else, when I left class, went, that's the dumb class. And I know that it affects me. And I know that if I live in that, it's not good. So what do I do? I sit in the presence of God. I admit those emotions and I give them to him and I allow him to replace them with what the truth is. So what have I done? I've given you another worksheet to do and I've added to it that you can't read it up there. But let me go through this way. Life categories. I've got nine categories that are there. And what I wanted you to do is I wanted you to look at how are these areas of my life, how do they look like Jesus or how do they look like Jesus? And I'm being very honest here. I'm doing a very honest evaluation. And so then I look at it and I say, well, if it's not, I, do, I feel disconnected with God and I feel distant. The second one that I didn't give you that I give you now is the current rhythm of life that might shape this. So in this case, it is, it is hard to find time to pray and to read scripture. I wake up and I leave for work right away. Or I wake up and I go to school right away. We will come to the place where you look at this again and you will look at what is God's vision and what is a holy habit I could create in these areas. In those nine areas, you might want to do other areas. You might find that you have other areas that are better. You can scratch my areas out, my categories out, and put your own in. But I really want to tell you that we're never going to find ourselves where we're not consuming the world more than we're consuming God if we don't actually look at our life and say, what are we consuming? And where are we consuming it? And how are we consuming? Is God number one in these areas? Okay, church? That's all I got for you today. <laughs> Let me pray. Band's going to come back up. We're going to do communion. I really invite you that, that, uh, to take part in communion. If you just feel like I want to abide with the Lord this morning in communion, please do that. Let me, let me pray. Lord Jesus, this abiding stuff, God, it's not easy. Ah, there's so much around us to abide in. But Lord, I know that my heart aches to be in your presence. Father, I don't know if I've done a good job of explaining this today, but I know that your Holy Spirit, you are here with us. And you can go beyond what I have said. And I pray that you would. For Lord, you have called us to be your disciples, followers of you. You've given us an invitation. Lord, it's about being with you before we ever do. May we find peace, satisfaction, joy, 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 joy in being in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.